You're listening to episode 123 of the Lost Trail Runner podcast. And in this episode, I'm going to go over some of the races that I've done in the past couple of months. I uh, gave an update on one of the trail races I ran at uh, Fort Yargo on the podcast 120, I believe. But I somehow skipped over... uh, my race that I ran in the dark at Little Mulberry Park. So I'm going to give you an update on that. So I hope you enjoy this podcast. Well, how was that for a dramatic intro? Hey everybody, this is Ron here. Welcome to the Lost Trail Runner podcast. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The Lost Trail Runner podcast is hopefully going to be produced about every two weeks from now on. At least that's my goal. The show notes are found at losttrailrunner.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow me on Twitter at Lost Trail Runner and on Facebook. Now let's get on with the show. You've heard of the Spartan races before, the obstacle obstacle course races? Well, I got some scoop here, it looks like. I just got an email from Trail Runner Magazine, and uh, Spartan is going to start... In 2019, Spartan Trail, which is trail races, and they're going to have 12 races throughout the year, ranging from 10K to 21K in various uh, spots around the United States uh, to start. I don't know if they're going to go farther than that or not. The the 2019 schedule is going to be Seattle, Washington on 414, Big Bear Mountain Resort, California on 519, Austin, Texas on 519, Monterey, California on 62, Palmerton, Pennsylvania on 714, Fort Carson, Colorado on 714. Asheville, North Carolina on 728. Then it says South Atlantic on 825. I don't know what South Atlantic is. And uh, Lake Tahoe, California on 928. Uh, One in Virginia, it doesn't say where, on 1027. 
One in Southern California, it doesn't say where, on 10-27 also. And then Mountain Creek Resort in New Jersey on 11-2. So, uh, that'll be something. I like when they get these trail run series. And uh, Spartan is, you know, they're a pretty big name when it comes to the obstacle course races. So, They'll probably do a pretty good job on uh, the uh, trail runs. And it looks like the eastern region, Charlie Engel's going to be the race director. And Luis Escobar is going to be in the western region, going to be race director. So that ought to be an interesting thing. I just thought I would pass that along since I just got this email and it popped up and I went, hey, that's pretty cool. During this podcast, I'm going to go over some of the races I've run in the past couple of months. And in the order that I ran them, uh, the first one I ran was on September 15th. It was the Dirty Spokes Little Mulberry Park Night Trail Run. And it was a three-mile race at Mulberry Park. The second one wasn't actually a race. Uh, it was a Ginger Runner Global Run, which was a two-hour run that we had to run on October 7th. And I'll get into that. The third one, which I've already talked about, was Xterra Trail Race at Fort Yargo on October 13th. And then the last one, of course, is Disney's Wine and Dine 10K on November 3rd at Walt Disney World. So, the first one. Okay, Little Mulberry Park. That's the biggest park in Gwinnett County in Gwinnett County, Georgia. And the layout of that park, it has a uh, paved walking trail. I'm not sure how long it is, but it's pretty decent then it also has a large meadow which has been mowed uh, to have cross-country trails through it so the the actual trail the cross-country trails are mowed through the meadow and then there's also wooded trails around that meadow and it's a very large park and I have run on very few of the trails out there. In fact, the only trails I've actually run on uh, are the ones during the races that I've run. I, I have run on the cross-country trail, which is cut through the meadow, but I had not participated in any other runs out there except the three or four Cross, um, not cross country, trail races that I've run, which actually starts on the paved trail very close to the parking lot, and you run about a quarter of a mile and you hit part of the cross country trail, and then you veer off to the left into the woods, and then you run the majority of that race in the woods and this is in the dark in the woods and you weave around and you come out on a concrete trail 
that I have no idea where exactly it goes. It's not part of the paved walking trail that I'm familiar with. It's concrete and the walking trail is asphalt. But anyway, I'm sure they're all connected somehow. And during that race, the first portion is mostly about a mile and a half downhill, and then uh, the finish is about a mile and a half uphill. I mean, not just, you know, straight up, but meandering up. And there are some pretty steep sections uh, coming up that concrete path before you come back out and and finish the race. But anyway, here's the uh, update. Um this race started at 8.30 p.m., and I was in the back of the pack at the start. And as I got about a half mile into the race, or probably even less than a half mile, I saw one of my main age group rivals ahead of me, and we hadn't got to the single track yet. So I was able to slip by him in the dark without him seeing me, which was an advantage to me. And when I got on the single track, there were quite enough few people between the two of us, so I don't think he ever saw me at all. And I ended up finishing the race a couple of minutes ahead of him and first in age group. And uh, it was I really liked that race. Uh, I've run it in the daylight, and I'm not sure that the same same trail is in the dark it probably is but either way i like running that three mile uh race out there at little mulberry park the one in the daytime and the one at the night i've run the night race two times and enjoyed both of them and i'd never run a, a nighttime trail race before so i i really like those and i'd like to do some more trail races like that at night because they're really fun. I don't know, you know, I'm not a ultra runner. I'm just a trail runner. So I don't know what it would be like uh, running an ultra and, you know, running in the daylight and then transitioning into night and running all night and stuff like that. But these nighttime trail races, the short ones, I really do like. The second event I participated in was the Ginger Runner Global Run, which was a two-hour run on October 7th. Uh, it wasn't really a race. It's a virtual-type run, and you register. Uh, Ethan Newberry is a Ginger Runner, by the way, and he has a YouTube channel, and he uh, sponsors this run. And he has a lot of good uh, swag that goes with it. So you register online, just like you're doing a race. You get you get a Patagonia T-shirt with the, the virtual, well, not the virtual run, the Global Run logo on it. Uh, you get decals, stickers, pins, magnets, you know, all that sort of stuff uh, in the little package that you get sent after you register. And what you do is you run two hours on October 7th. At least that's this year. It was October 7th. And then you send the results in. 
via, I believe, Strava. And there are different categories that you can enter. I didn't enter any particular category. I just I just ran the two hours. But he has like the most vertical uh, in two hours, the longest distance in two hours, uh, the person that looks the most like him that runs a race. You know, he's got all these different categories that you can you can uh, try to win, and then he has numerous prizes that he gives away for these different categories, which are pretty good prizes. Uh, even though I, I submitted my time, but I didn't really, uh, you know, put in for any particular category. I just wanted to do the run. So that's how that virtual run works. He changed it from the Ginger Runner Global from, well, last year it was the Ginger Runner Virtual Run, and he changed it this year to the Ginger Runner Global Run. And people from all over the world actually run this thing. So I've, this is the second year I've participated in it. Last year when I did it, it poured down rain the whole time I was doing it. Uh, this year the weather was much better, and uh, I liked it a whole lot better weather-wise. So uh, that's what the second one I did. So I I did one event in uh, September, one in October so far. The third event I participated in, which I've already discussed, I believe, in a previous podcast a little bit. I don't know how much detail I went into. I don't pay much attention. Was the... Uh, Fort Yargo Xterra trail race, and that was on October 13th, and uh, Fort Yargo is another park, and it's not in Gwinnett County, I think it's in Barrow County, which is a little bit northeast of where I live, but it's a it's a really nice park, and they do a 50K out there, I believe, also on those trails at uh, Fort Yargo, but... Uh, on the 13th, I went out to, to Fort Yargo to that race, and it was about, I'd say maybe 52 degrees. It was the first cold, not cold, but cool uh, morning for for a race. And my daughter Laura met me out there, and she ran the race also. And uh, after... They have two races. They had a longer race. I'm not. I think it might have been five miles. I don't know. But I ran the three mile, uh, shorter race, and it started kind of up on a hill, and you ran down towards the lake, and then veered to the right, and you go across a footbridge, which is really scenic looking. I've I've got a photo somewhere. It may be. My daughter took it. It's, uh, I think I might have put it on Instagram of that bridge in the morning right after the race. But anyway, you go across that bridge and then the trail splits and that's where the two different races, one, the shorter race goes to the right and the longer race goes to the left. And uh, you run through the woods around the park and come back out uh, 
on a, uh, it's like, you know, where power lines are cut, kind of a right away on a power line and you run that down that towards the finish and then you finish up right where you started. And what's interesting about that race, you know how I mentioned at Little Mulberry Park how I got the jump on my age group uh, rival there. Well, he started out ahead of me and I never did see him. And the same thing happened in reverse. Uh, he took off and I never saw him. And when I finished, I found out that he finished about uh, like 50, 59 seconds ahead of me. So he came in first in the age group and I came in second. So that's the way it works. Anyway, that was that was a really nice race also. It was put on by Tim, the same uh, person that does the Dirty Spokes races. He also does the Xterra races. So... It was it was a good race, and I got second place in that one. So I got first in my age group at Little Mulberry Park in the nighttime, and I got second at Fort Yargo. So, uh, you know, I, I like both of those places to run, and I'm going to be going out and running at both of those locations on my own without having a race to do. Anyway, so that's... Uh, my second recap on that race. Okay, this is going to be my second attempt to do my Disney update. Uh, I tried just a few minutes ago and totally messed it up, so I had to delete it and start over. Uh, my fourth event that I'm going over is the Wine and Dine 10K at Walt Disney World on November the 3rd, which was a Saturday. And I'm so used to running races at Disney on Sunday that I keep getting the days of the week screwed up. What happened was my son Ryan, my daughter Laura, and myself drove down to Walt Disney World on Thursday and checked into the resort Thursday afternoon around 3, 3.30, we uh, went to uh, Port Orleans Riverside at Disney World, which we really like that resort. It's a mid-range resort. It's not the, the highest price one, but it's really nice. And that's where we spent the, the weekend. Uh, that evening, uh, we got reservations at a restaurant at that resort and had supper and... Uh, then the next morning, which was Saturday, see, I'm doing it again, Friday morning, we went over to the ESPN complex at Disney World where they had the race expo and picked up our numbers and looked at all the paraphernalia and, you know, shopped around and bought some things, that sort of thing. And then we had the rest of the day to just do whatever we wanted to do on Friday. And then Friday evening, we went to uh, Disney Springs and we got, we didn't have reservations. We went over there and there's a restaurant called the Boathouse. It's a big restaurant right on the water at Disney Springs. And we went 
to the boathouse to see about getting reservations. And they said, well, and we're talking about, well, this is 730 at night, right? And they said, well, reservations, you you can get reservations. Uh, the first ones available are 1030 tonight. And we went, oh, I don't know about that. And uh, they told my daughter, they said, now, there's a bar right down here. There's a couple of bars. I think there's three bars in that restaurant. But the second bar, there was nobody at. And they said, if you want to go in now, you can just go to the bar and order and eat right at the bar if you don't mind doing that. And we said, no, that sounds fine. So that's what we did. We went in and ordered at the bar, and eventually it got filled up. But we were the first ones there and uh, had a really good meal. I got, I think it was cod. It was kind of like fish and chips, but it was cod, and it was it was really good. And uh, we sat in there for probably, I don't know, hour, hour and a half, maybe not that long. But anyway, after that, we went out and wandered around uh, Disney Springs, all the different, you know, shops and things, and it was... It was really nice. Then we caught the boat back, and it had been raining that evening before we went over on the boat. And it quit raining. We went over on the boat, and it never did rain again. So then on Saturday morning, that's when the Wine and Dine 10K takes place. Uh, we had to get up about 3 in the morning. This is the, this is the one drawback back about... This is the one drawback about Disney races I'm not real keen on. Is we had to get up like at 3 o'clock in the morning to get ready or 3.30 to catch a bus at 4 to take us over to where the race uh, start was, which was in the big parking lot for the Magic Kingdom. And they had, you know, they got tent set up over there where you you put your clothes and stuff and bags and then they had a couple of places where you could buy coffee and all that and of course they had entertainment going on a big screen and all that but you have to get over there probably by you're probably there by 4 30 and the race doesn't start till 5 30 so you're standing around that parking lot, and even though it was like 62 degrees, which isn't that really cold, uh, by the time the race starts, you're shivering, you know? <laughs> but then when the race started, I warmed right up. But prior to the race, let me say, the, the it had, I think, time groups A, B, C, D, E, and F. And I didn't submit a time for the race, so they just seated me in E, which is the second slowest. And that's where Laura was, too. Well, Ryan, I don't know if he put in a number, you know, a time or not, but he got put in time group B, like Baker. So when the race started, he never had to slow down. He just got to run. Uh, in the time group we were in, which was E... We had a pretty slow start, and then we, you know, we got running fairly decent after about a quarter of a mile. But once the race comes off, 
You, you run down like the main road at Disney World, which is four lane divided. And then uh, it turns off like a exit on an expressway type thing. And it's single lane. And it turns around and then goes up and goes over a bridge that goes over the road where you head towards Epcot. That's where the finish was. In that section, we didn't get to run because it was so jammed with people. We didn't get to run for probably at least a quarter of a mile, maybe a little bit more. But then once we got around the curve, uh, it seemed to thin out again and we got to run. Sometimes we ended up running on the grass on the side of the road. But, uh, and then, uh, there was like a turnaround where you had to turn around and come back and it, it curved over towards, uh, Epcot. It was slow there too. So there were two locations during the race plus a start where we didn't get to run very fast or didn't get to run at all. But I wasn't really concerned. I mean, I was going down there to have a good time. It wasn't like a competitive event for me. I just wanted to do it because I like Disney races. So, and then you run through Epcot and then out uh, the other side uh, to the finish line. So you come in Epcot by the big globe, you know, at the front on the right-hand side of it going in, go around the lake through all the different uh, countries, and then come back around and go back out on the other side of the big globe into the parking lot to the finish. And uh, in that 10K, it ended up that I think there were nine people in my age group. I came in second by about a minute. If I would have known <laughs> that the person was ahead of me, I probably would have tried to run some on those sections where I had to walk. But who cares? I had a good time. It was a good race. Got a good medal and all that stuff. And uh, we had a good time at Disney. Uh, so then that was Saturday morning. We got back uh, after the race, I don't know, 9, 9.30, something like that. Uh, got cleaned up, took a little nap, and then we went over to the Magic Kingdom. We decided we'd go to the park now after the race. So we got over to the Magic Kingdom about 11.30 in the morning, I guess, and uh, it was jam-packed. There were people all over the place. And uh, Disney has what's called Magic Passes, where you can go on an app on your phone and sign up for a Magic Pass at a certain time. And at that time, it's like having a reservation, and you just walk right in to whatever uh, ride you want to go on. So... Uh, most of our magic passes were later in the afternoon, like we had one for uh, Pirates of the Caribbean at 6.30. We had one for uh, Splash Mountain late, like 9.30, 9, 9, up in that range. And we had one for the Haunted Mansion about 8 
something. So uh, when we went in uh, with this app that, that they have that you have on your phone, you can look at all the different attractions and see what the waiting lines are. So that came in handy because we could look on there and go, well, this one's only got a 20-minute line. Let's go to that ride. So it really worked out well. Plus, uh, we had been looking at Space Mountain, and the wait was like an hour and a half. And Ryan took out his phone and looked on the app, and it said Space Mountain was closed. So he said, I wonder why it's closed. Why don't we walk over there and check? So we went over to Space Mountain. Uh, we got over there, and one of the people that works that particular attraction is out front, and they got a chain across the entrance. And Ryan asked him, what, what's the problem? And he says, well, they had a mechanical with the ride, so it shut down, and it's going to be back up in about 10 minutes. So we waited and they opened up in 10 minutes and we walked right in. We didn't have to wait an hour and a half. So that was, I mean, and that happened to us all day long, just about. I mean, not having, not having roads, rides broken down, but just being able to look on that app, see what rides were with the least, you know, amount of weight and do them about four, Four o'clock, four thirty. We made reservation. Well, we made reservations at. at uh, I think it's called JC Expeditions or something. It's a restaurant that's in Adventureland. It's right across from uh, Jungle Cruise and Swiss Family Robinson. And uh, we went in there to eat, and it was a. It was a pretty big restaurant. I didn't realize it was even there. It's been I get there forever, I guess. But anyway, we went in there about 4.30, and our first Magic Pass was at 6.30 at the Pirates of the Caribbean, which is down a little ways from wherever that restaurant is. So we went in, and we had uh, some sangria, and then we had an appetizer, and then we had our meal, and then we sat around and talked. And we didn't get out of there until like 6. So when we got out at 6, Ryan looked on the app and it said uh, Splash Mountain only had a 20-minute wait. So we went, well, we can go to Splash Mountain and ride that and then come right off and go over to uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. So that's what we did. So the Magic Pass for Splash Mountain we didn't use, so we deleted it and got another Magic Pass for another ride. But anyway, that's the way the whole thing went uh, in the park. So we ended up riding, uh, I think we did 13 rides from 11.30 in the morning until about 9.15 that night, which is probably a world record for us. Because usually when you go to the Magic Kingdom, if you get in four or five rides in a day, you're lucky. <laughs> so that's how it happened as far as the whole thing. And uh, 
I really had a good time at Disney World, and I think we're talking about maybe going back next year and doing it and taking more of the family with us. So that's my last update, and I hope, um, I don't know, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I'm just kind of rambling on here. So uh, I will see you on the next podcast. I had received a message from Alex in Yorkshire mentioning previously that I had not done an update for my uh, Little Mulberry Park race. I had skipped over it, so this is to make up for that uh, oversight. So Alex, if you're listening, I hope you enjoyed this particular podcast. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We'll be here next time. Keep the emails coming in and be sure to subscribe. You can now listen to the podcast on Spreaker, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, as well as iTunes.